So the long weekend's coming up. I wish everybody a happy long weekend. I'm 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 at the age where I'm at uh, at a fork in the road when it comes to long weekends or any holiday for that matter. Uh, when when you're my age, it's a different thing. <laughs> and we're like five seconds into this, I'm already making it sound like I'm a 67 year old man. You know, at my age, back in my day, Playboy magazine cost a dime. No, but at my age now, which is 30, you can still have fun. You can still go out and meet people. You can do whatever. If you're a single guy, you got to go out in the town. You got to, you know, you're a young whippersnapper. You got to fucking. But I'm at the point in my life where I have to reassess all the things that I love doing and put them into two different categories. It's either the things that are still age appropriate or no longer age appropriate. And for me, Going crazy on a long weekend is no longer age appropriate. It's in the latter category. I like I said, I can still have fun, but again, like you, you need to simplify things a little more when when you hit thirty. A long weekend to you should just be a time to sleep in. The only question you should be asking on a long weekend is, what time of the afternoon do I sleep in till four p.m. Possibly, could I get away with it? Do I need to mow the lawns? Just what time of the afternoon do I sleep in until, or, you know, at, at, and, and what time in the afternoon do I finally cook my bacon and eggs? My, you know, it, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't be 30 being like, Hey, it's the long weekend. What underpass is the bonfire happening at this Saturday? Those days are over the days of just gallivanting. Yes. I said gallivanting around the streets all hours of the night, coming home at 4 a.m., dropping onto your couch like a fucking meteorite, and then waking up with that neck pain because you you fell asleep on the armrest of your couch. Like, that that neck pain is worse than the hangover. Never mind the, the tequila shots and the headache. I... I've had the worst weekend simply because I got drunk and I, I accidentally fell asleep on the armrest of my couch. Just this hard wood digging into my brain. I know that sounded wrong. Came out the wrong way. It's one of those things that you say where you, you can't even, you're like, you, you catch it almost coming out of your mouth, but you can't stop it, so you just say it. But I've, I've done that so many times and I don't want to do it anymore. Long weekends used to be crazy. I used to have an itinerary plan. My friends it would drive my friends crazy because they were like, let's just go along with the night and just see where it takes us. I'm like, fuck that. We're, we're, doing, we're planning it out. The, the big man put me on this earth for a purpose, and that was to show you guys a good time. And then all we would do was just go to these hole-in-the-wall little places, play fool's ball, play... Uh, a little bit of pool. I'm not a pool guy. I'm more of a spectator. I've never been a big pool guy. And then just slam tequila shots back and then dance to the DJ. Because there was a DJ there. Sometimes it wouldn't even be a dance floor. You're not even supposed to dance. You're just getting in the way of people's pool games. But you're like, hey, Eminem Superman just came on and I got a boogie. Sometimes people would join in. Sometimes they'd be like, hey, we'll, we'll call you an Uber. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you one thing, just on the topic of coming home at 4 a.m. The, the worst decision that a drunk person, that a drunk young person 
is uh, faced with a lot of the time is what drunken Netflix movie do I watch? You're at home. It's the wee hours of the morning. You, you, there's a quarter pounder with cheese sitting on the counter calling your name, just beckoning you. And you're just kind of flipping through the movies and you're just the, you, you, you're torn between what do I watch? Stupid Adam Sandler movie or stupid Kevin Hart movie? Do I do Jack and Jill or The Wedding Ringer? And a lot of the time, I've chosen The Wedding. I've watched both of those movies drunk at 3 a.m. And quite frankly, alcohol really does enhance the viewing experience. A lot of people say it's weed. I, I don't know about that all that much. But alcohol really does make a movie better. And a, and a bad movie like Jack and Jill, I mean, I, I've watched it all the way through drunk. I never passed out, never shut it off. It's one of those movies that's so bad that you're mesmerized. You're going, how did somebody not stop Adam Sandler in the middle of the production and just say, I don't care if my career ends from saying this to you, but you, sir, are out of your mind. Can you just go fucking back to hitting golf balls? Can you do Happy Gilmore 2? Can you do Happy Gilmore all the way to 20? Anything is better than this piece of shit. Jack and Jill is like one of those movies from Funny People. It was like one of those parody film trailers that they did because he's an, he's an actor in Funny People. He's like playing almost a weird movie version of himself, and it kind of mirrors his own career. He was the stand-up comedian who became a very successful comedic actor, and he was in these blockbuster films, made hundreds of millions of dollars, and one of the movies that he was in was like this man-baby movie. And when I saw the trailer for Jack and Jill, it reminded me of the Man Baby movie. It's like just this crazy parody of a film that he, he was he was like parodying his own films. It's weirdly genius. I don't know. I'm talking shit. My my long weekend could very well be me just <laughs> finding the bonfire under the underpass. Probably won't be, though. I'm in a really weird position right now. I, I have the uh, the tripod mic that I'm using right now. I'm not doing the handheld, but I was, I was in a very comfortable position starting out. I was about to record hammocked between two chairs with my feet up on one chair and then leaning back on mine, and that was a little too uncomfortable to do. I, I had the, uh, the microphone resting on my stomach. And it just, it, it's one of those ones where I, I almost regret not having a camera, not, not filming these podcasts, because I really did want you to be jealous of my setup here. I'm in this old basement, and I'm just kind of enjoying myself on a late night doing a podcast. I think that, you know what, if, if I'm 30 and I'm doing this, I'm in no position whatsoever to be lecturing you on why you shouldn't be getting hammered on a fucking Saturday night. God, do I talk a lot of shit. I'm starting to realize that about myself, that I know a whole lot about nothing. That I know a whole lot about nothing. And I feel almost like this is this podcast is just like the, like the pinnacle of my narcissism. It's just me talking into a microphone and believing that I'm 
one day I'm going to have 100,000 people listening to this. Probably not the case, but dare to dream. I don't even know what to talk about. I don't even know what to talk about. So what's going on? Uh, Jordan Peterson is leaving Twitter. Uh, the man has been through it, everybody. He's really doing some shit, to say the least. Uh, he got in a bunch of trouble. He got a bunch of flack for making fun. I, I, I guess not even making fun. He just made a. He's not a comic. He's not a guy who's just dropping. He's not dropping like funny little quick. He'll say something funny every now and then, but he's not doing one-liners on Twitter. He, he's not a fucking open mic comic who's just constantly trying to make people giggle with his observations on penises. He'll talk about penis envy, probably, but again, like he's not he's not just on, you know, making pussy and cum jokes. But he uh, he was commenting on the the Sports Illustrated and all of these magazine covers. To to think that they're well intentioned, to, to to think that to think that any of these companies, any of these publications are well intentioned. Now, all they're really doing is trying to get clickbait and try to get people talking. They and in a way, Jordan Peterson has just fallen for the bait, which is what's so disappointing. Because the guy does say a lot of poignant, profound shit, but then he will just bury himself by saying something really dumb and overreaching a lot of the time, and it's almost like he's dying on a hill. So, Sports Illustrated put out this cover of this and again people are calling her morbidly obese people are calling her uh fat people are calling her whatever it, it she seems just like kind of a bigger plus size model like almost like a, a girl like a dancer in a rap video almost she just she just seems like one of these like women who's just she's just big boned and that's not even me trying to sound woke or anything she's not that big and he comments, like, the day that it's released, he puts out, this is not beautiful, I will not follow, uh, whatever. Let me, uh, let me call it up. I should be prepared for this. You know what? This is why I flunked so many classes in high school. I just didn't prep. Whatever the hell he wrote. I don't know. It's going to take me five minutes to find this goddamn thing. Not, not beautiful. It's not. I'm going to read the tweet in his voice. Oh, fuck. Come on. You, you've got to prepare. It's part of cleaning your room. Part of, part of finding yourself. You pick yourself up by the bootstraps and cook some lobster. Okay, so here I got it right here. Uh... <laughs> the first comment that I see is Jordan Peterson is a silly little bitch for this. I am not a bitch. Uh, okay, I got it. Uh, so Sports Illustrated swimsuit 2022. She's not even morbidly obese. Like this is just one of the things people are kind of falling for this bait. All the all these magazine covers do this, where they just they're not doing it to do anything good they're just doing it so it just draws clicks and makes fucking money that's just a talking point though okay so here we go uh the comment is above the sports illustrated page so it's a big bone plus size model she's in a swimsuit i'm setting up the image again no cameras regret it uh 
and his comment is, sorry, or sorry, not beautiful, and no amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that. Uh, okay, that's a can of worms in just a few words from JP. Uh, I mean, again, fuck, like, there could be a long line of the McDonald's drive-thru, and Jordan Peterson would call it authoritarian tolerance at this point. It would just be, they're, they're making me line up for my black coffee. Why? I I can't have soy. So I have to get it black. I have to get it. I have to get it now. I feel like he's almost pressured to have a take on everything now because he knows that gets his base riled up. Just like Sports Illustrated is trying to create clicks, he's trying to create clicks. It's, It's always weird how the people who criticize Sports Illustrated are always the people who look like they've never played a sport. They look like they've never touched a football in their lives. They look like they've never... They're, they're like allergic to baseballs. Like, they, they break out in hives every time they see a volleyball court. And mind you, like, I'm, I'm not one to talk shit. I was never a sports guy. I enjoy watching baseball live. I enjoy the odd basketball game live. I enjoy the spectacle of going out and watching a live sports game at a bar and you're with people and you're watching the Raptors and I like the New York Knicks because I'm a, a fucking poser who just roots for New York sports teams because it makes me feel closer to the city that I'm not from originally. It, it it's, I'm, I'm a fake basically, but there, there's a difference between being a fan of the spectacle of sports and actually playing sports. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just always weird how the people who are the biggest critics of something are the people who just like look like they don't fit in that category. But at the same time, like I said, and I can't repeat this enough, none of these Sports Illustrated people really give a shit about any plus-size model or creating a uh, positive image for uh, heavier people, fat people, morbidly obese people. They really just want you to react to it. It's the most disingenuous thing that's out there. I mean, it's the same people who wanted uh, to put Harry Styles in that dress. They're not doing that to appease that Democrat. They're doing it just so you'll get all red-faced and riled up. They'll get fucking... Cletus and Big John from the bar, the truck stop, and they'll get them tweeting. I know that's stereotypical. It's Cletus and whatever. It's not always hillbillies. It's a lot of the time people just fucking look like me. This is one of the things, though. Like, Twitter is just toxic. Twitter is just like that party that was cool when it started. It was clandestine. People were just on it. It was like this cool new thing. Hey, come on over to Twitter. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have great conversations. Everybody, oh, celebrities are going to be there. Celebrities are going to fuck, man. Holy shit, Ashton Kutcher is going to be at this party. He's going to be giving stock tips and telling old stories from that 70s show. He's going to make us cringe with a few anecdotes about Danny Masterson. 
and uh, and then you get there finally, and it's like Project X. There's people passed out on the floor. There's some racist guy in the corner. He's doing his thing. It was never cool. Everybody's like, oh, it's full of commies now. There's a communist running the place. <laughs> it, it was never a cool place to be as long as I've been there. It's just always just been full of crazies. There's graffiti everywhere. People are just writing crazy shit on the wall. There's an old homeless guy. You're like, how did he get in there? He doesn't have a phone. You, you've got to leave the party and... You've got to leave the party and go clean your room and cook lobster. You've got to cook the lobster. You, you boil it and then you put the lobster in. I would love to see Jordan Peterson actually literally... That would be a great video. If, if he wants to rehabilitate his image, that would be a terrific video. If he, if he does a literal cooking video teaching people how to properly prepare a lobster, that would be incredible. I would watch it. I would share it. I would do all of those things. All right, so you, you've got to bo start by boiling the water... On high, and then you uh, you just leave the lobster in the box, and then you open the box, and one of the best ways they always say to kill the lobster is by putting it in the water and listening to it scream, but I think that's inhumane. Uh, one of the things I like to do is just grab the uh, uh, grab a, a, a mallet from my drawer and just whack it over the head. You get to let out some... Some masculine aggression, all while preparing a delicious, yummy treat. He gets Joe Rogan in on it, too. Joe Rogan's like the guest cook. Yeah, so uh, what are we uh, preparing, dude? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I brought some elk meat. Brought a little bit of DMT, man. Yeah. Now, Joe, I don't do, I don't do psychedelics. You know that. You've tried to get me to do the ayahuasca so many times, and I keep declining. I'm going to throw a lawsuit on your ass if you keep DMing me. DM, I said, not DMT. Oh, come on, dude. Dude. Dude, what's up? Dude. What the fuck, man? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not letting you on my podcast, man. Yeah, man. Dude. Jordan. Dude. That's the only... Real Jordan. I'm trying to do Joe Rogan with not with, without going like easing into Jordan Peterson because the impressions are similar. They do have like a similar cadence to a degree. Jordan Peterson's turned up a little bit. <sighs> oh, fuck, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I'm trying to prepare this uh, this short film that we're doing, and it's so daunting. And I almost feel like I'm walking into fire doing this thing. We're supposed to be shooting in late June. It's probably going to ease into early July, some of this. And it's just going to be a packed uh, first month of the summer. And I don't even know. Like, I just, I'm excited for it, but I'm also dreading it. But, and then people who've all, like, people, a lot of people who've shot short films keep telling me, like, this is the experience. It's, it's normal to feel this way. 
you're going to feel it even, you know, if you think shooting it and you think pre-production and production is difficult, you just wait till post-production. You're going to want to tear your hair out. You're going to want to punch your editor in the face. He's going to want to punch you in the face. Fucking friendships. Like, it's just, it's just this tidal wave of emotion of just trying to fucking create something. And it's weird. I explain it to other people. The people who aren't in the arts, I don't think they understand truly just how fortunate they are to not have any type of creative thoughts. I don't mean, I'm talking about artistic creative thoughts. Because it really fucks with you. There's there's people who think I'm nuts. There's people who, like, fuck, I had an ex-girlfriend when we were shooting last year, or the, the five-minute short that we did, the silent short stagger which is on YouTube, Laughing Stock Studios, plug, plug. I, I had an ex-girlfriend who drove by me, apparently, as we were on the sidewalk shooting, and I'm this 29-year-old guy doing this, and she just texts me, are you okay? I just keep seeing you around with a baseball cap and a camera just shooting things. Did you hit your head? Oh, man. Sometimes I just wish that I just stayed in that construction warehouse and just drove a forklift into the wall. But that's that's the dream, people. That's the fucking dream that I'm trying to go for. And it's an arrogant dream and not everybody gets it, but hopefully it pays off. That's that's all it is with the art. When you're on your way up, it's it's just the hope that it pays off eventually. And that's all you can want. A lot of people aren't going to understand it. I don't understand it a lot of the time. But that's all it is. And uh, I have concluded, after saying all of that, I, uh, I'm i a guy who has a solo podcast at 30. I'm, uh, I'm making a short film with a rogue group of filmmakers just doing it guerrilla style. I don't know if it's going to work out. So I am indeed in no position to lecture you on how to spend your long weekend. Something's Off podcast, uh, you can catch me. I will be at the Royal Comedy Theater, which is not a theater. It's a it's a tiny club, great club. They just call it a theater because it does kind of have like a theatrical vibe to it. They play music. It's a really cool place. I will be there on Sunday. What is it? May 20, I think May 22nd, May 22nd, Sunday, May 22nd at the Royal Comedy Theater. Uh, I will also be at the uh, Social Capital Theater on Thursday, I believe. No, whatever, the 20, 28th, 29th. Fuck, okay. I, I will post all of this on Instagram, on my story. I will have listings of uh, my show dates. And uh, I hope, you know what, if you listen to me and you're in the Toronto area and you want to come down for a show, hopefully you can come see me live on stage. Tweet me, DM me, do whatever the hell you want fondle me. I don't give a shit. Uh, something's off Alex DeWitt.